Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. A very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA Podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, later on, we're going to be revealing the Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week. Um, but Paul, do you know what? It's only fitting that we start with um, the fact that, that we've made it to the big time. Me and you are now so so good, or maybe so bad, that <laughs> we, have we have people mimicking us. Is it imitation is the sin- most sincere form of flattery? No, second day, second day in a row you got that one wrong. <laughs> what is it? Well, I think, the, I think the phrase is imitation is the highest form of flattery. Okay. Highest form, most sincere. Okay. See, I something similar. <laughs> Gee, I'm not a million miles off. Right? No, you're not, to but be fair. But, but you, you did claim to have invented the phrase on the Die Hard podcast <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> well, listen, uh, until, until it's actually put up there and copyright is, is, is done on it. I'm, I'm definitely claiming it was mine. But look, at, let's let's play the clip. Um, it's going around on WhatsApp, but if um, if anybody hasn't heard it, here's, um, here's something that, that should make you laugh a little bit. Hello and welcome to McAvoy's Super Value podcast with myself, Damien Donoghue, and I'm joined by the Anglo-Cell sports editor, Paul Fitzpatrick. Paul, what did you think of the match the weekend? Some brilliant football. Yeah, well, Damien, Cavan Gales are finished, I think. Yeah, I'd agree they're finished, but at the same time, they're starting again. What do you think about their chances this year? Well, I mean, Gaslan is there to lose. Yeah, I'd kind of agree with that, but then at the same time, I wouldn't really agree with it. Come on, Drummelee! He nailed it. He absolutely Uh, nailed it. It's absolutely (laughs) class. I have to say, like... The man, the man has got serious talent. That's brilliant. He does. He does. That was, that was class. I was in contact with him, and um, yeah, he was. He was just saying he, he was bored. I said, "My God, you should be bored more often." That's brilliant. So, well done. But um, yeah, we're, we we have to try to get him to do a wee bit more. We'll keep his identity secret so that we can um, so that we can then maybe manipulate him to do other skits in the future. But um, yeah, very very funny. Thanks thanks a million for that one. Um, well, look, we're going to start off um, with look by looking back over last Saturday night's action in the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship. An absolutely brilliantly entertaining game of football. Um, it had it from start to finish. I thought it looked like Crush Law were going to pull away. Then it looked like Kingscourt had done enough. And then Crush Law started to banish the, the, the worries that these lads... Um, we're going to we're going to fail away or maybe lack leaders. It it started to show and, and the experience is growing with these Crush Law players and their experience probably came through at the end. Jim Smith demanding a ball, going at the Kings Court defence, drawing defenders, laying a pass off to his right hand side. As I say, I think he was aiming for Peter Smith, but Mark Stewart was was carrying momentum, caught the ball and stuck it over the bar and, and 
so many players wanting to get on the ball at that stage in the game shows that they're they're definitely growing at the moment, this crush loss side. Yeah, well, Damien, Kevin Gears are finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I agree, but uh, not really. <laughs> uh, I know, in fairness, uh, to, to answer what you're what you're talking about, um, I think we, we, we mentioned this already, that there's always question marks over a team's bottle until they go and win it. And then perception completely changes. When when they've won it, when you are uh, you have those medals in your back pocket, the perception of you changes. And I think Casarana are the best example of that. Like they were, were I never thought they were chokers, but they were routinely called chokers by people. And people said that question their bottle, question their their uh, balls when it when it got tight. Um, and the same we're seeing that with, with Mayo as well uh, a lot. Now they, it, the perception still hangs around Mayo because they haven't won it yet. But that there's always that question mark around the team, and it's it's not it's not uh, accurate to say that Crushed are are mentally frail. Coming even last week, I was saying you know there is a sense of frailty about them. But when you look at it now, after seeing Saturday night, which is absolute laboratory conditions for for a test of of the bottle of a team, and they came up trumps. And like were, as Jimmy Higgins said to you after the game, they were seven points down with 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 ten minutes to go against Rammer United. In the last round of the group and won by two, they were two points down heading near injury time against Castran, took it extra time and won it in extra time. They found themselves two points down there in injury time again last Saturday night. Come up with two points to force a replay. So I think that that can finally be be quashed now. There's loads of character in this Crusader team, and as I was saying yesterday, uh, we need to be careful about getting not not caught up with, with stereotypes because Kingscourt are seen as the ultimate championship team, and we talked about that at length last week. Uh, but Kingscourt were the ones that had the chance to win it there at the end and missed missed the free from Keane Shekelin, who who had I'm not criticizing Keane Shekelin, he's a young player and only for him that might not be in the final because he was absolutely brilliant in the semi final. But these things can happen. But uh, it was it was them that sort of fluffed their lines near the end. So <clears throat> I think I think it, it said it spoke volumes for both teams how they reacted to adversity on the night. Like for Kingscourt to come back from one five to a point down and to get into that winning position, okay, they didn't didn't close it out, but I mean that was just unbelievable game management and showed the the composure that's in the team and the leadership that's in the team, and then obviously for Crutchfield to come back there at the end as well. So look, it's all set up. I was delighted with the draw because I had it backed, but it's all set up to uh, for, uh, more than anything. I'm delighted to get to watch these two teams going toe to toe again because I think they, they they match up really well. Um, they both played a nice style of football. Uh, it was physical, but it was an open attacking game as well. It just it just had everything. It was just one of the best finals we've seen in in many years. It was right up there with the final of two years ago, and I think those two stand out. Um, along with maybe the the twenty fourteen final where where um, Kevin Gales beat Kingsford by a point was a great final as well, and there was a yeah. drawn final in twenty sixteen. So we've had a lot of good finals actually, but th- that final on Saturday night was as good as we've had in any time. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. I, I, I thought there was some, some very interesting dynamics at play. Um, as predicted, Park Faulkner starting in at full forward, um, which, which you know, was was a good tactic considering you're missing Joe Dillon, and it showed huge confidence in Sean Burke and Peter Corrigan that they they felt they could get enough parity around the middle of the field to um to leave Faulkner in there. But then James Smith started to take control. And Faulkner had to come out and do a job. But not only did he 
do a job in the middle of the field. He continued to break forward. Like he he got his goal um, while playing out in the middle of the field on James Smith. So I thought I thought like there was a lot of interesting stuff that both managers had to deal with during the game. Um, that 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 affected the the the, the performance of the side. Like, do you know both Jimmy Higgins and, and David Lennon have to take a huge amount of credit because they've developed a group of players now that you know we've said it about Chris Law that there was the question marks over these things because they hadn't just done it they hadn't they hadn't gotten over the line and maybe a lot of the question mark come from the 2018 final when you know they had the game won and then maybe the the inexperience told in the end on them but there was question marks going into this season about Kingscourt where they where they fit to come up to that level and both managers have made huge progress um in this year, because I think at the end of the day, there's no there's no debating. Chrysler are better this year than they were last year, and Keith Curt are definitely better this year than they were last year. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, I think it's a good way of looking at it. Like, um, Chrysler have had a tough run to this final now. They've been tested and tested, and they've passed every test that's been asked of them. And Keith Curt had a softer run uh, as far as the semi, and then they got the toughest draw. Like, let's not forget. Uh, Cavan Gales were after beating Rammer by 10 points so it's easy to look back in hindsight and maybe take away from that win but that was an unbelievable win for Kingsworth and they proved that that, that was no fluke um, it took them a while to get to the pace of the game but I'd be slightly concerned if I was Crush Law because uh, when Kingsworth did get to the pace of the game they looked like they had the edge on Crush Law in a lot of areas as well so Crush Law have shown all year um, that they can go in and out of games that's the, that's the only real flaw in this Crush Law team at the moment is that they have a tendency to go in and out of games. Like I, I, I did say this before the game, that when Crush Law are full flow, they play with a level of fluency that no other team in Cavan can match. I, I saw that in them in earlier games in this championship. Like The way they played in that first 15 minutes the other night, I think any team in the county playing at their best, I'm not saying they wouldn't live with them, but I don't think they can play at that level that Crush Law can play at. When they're really confident playing on the front foot like that, um, now, you can say that, I suppose, about a lot of teams that when, when they're at the best, they're irresistible. But Crushlaw can play at that level and do tend to play at that level in every game at some stage. But for a period of For time. a period. So what they need to learn to do is to sustain that. And if they, if they can sustain that, they're going to be one of the great teams. But Yeah, or, or even what, what they would learn to do for me is that I, I, I agree with you. That, that first 15 minutes showed that this Crush Law team can hit a level that's very, very hard to hit for for any other teams. With the 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 spread of scorers, never mind, you know, did they have five scorers in the first fifteen minutes? Patrick Lynch, Adrian Smith, James Smith got one, I think, of Brandon Boylan. Um, so you know, they 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 can they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. But what for me, I don't think it's possible to play a game of football at that level of intensity for a full hour at club level anyway. But what they need to do is manage the down periods. Like what 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 would worry me if I was Crystal Law manager is from the from 50 seconds into the second half until the 26th minute, they scored one point through a free on Patrick Lynch. Now that's the second game in a row that we've seen a bit uh, sorry not a bit a complete dip in performance by Crystal Law in the second half. And that's They've got to manage that situation a wee bit better. In that same period, Kingscourt scored a goal and five points 
sorry, a goal of six points actually, two ten. They were one four going into that period. So that's something that that Krushlaw have to be able to manage a little bit better is is the down periods when they're when they're not playing that scintillating, beautiful attacking football. That's right, yeah. Like I said that to Pierce Smith last week in in the interview after the Casaran game. I was saying like why are you dipping like this in games? Uh, why do you think that is? And Pierce said um, he, he he didn't really like it. I won't say he didn't like it, but he didn't fully agree with me. But he, he said, look, we pride ourselves on playing a high-intensity game and you can't play that for an hour, uh, which is which is fair enough. It's an interesting way of looking at it. But as you say, you, you've got to you've got to have a high, high cruising speed. There's no point having a high top-end speed if your cruising speed is, is slow because you're yeah. going to get exposed. And, and they should have that in them. They've got to... I, I think it's a concentration thing as well with them because you do see that with young teams that they they tend to to have dips in concentration and you can see it with not bright there on the junior as well they're a young side and they yeah. tend they they tend to do the same but like looking at the Kingsford team there's quite a few young fellas in that team too that David Lennon did point out the Kingsford aren't an old team there's quite they're not as young as Crushlaw but there's quite a few young fellas on it too like looking at Shane Duffy John Oates um, Kevin Cortis. Keen Shackleton, and they all did pretty well. Uh, some of them did really well uh, on the big stage the, the other night. So that's going to stand to them as well. Paddy Mead's another as well, but he, he's kind of a step above those lads in that he's established and he's on the county panel. And even though he's carrying an injury, mm. uh, he still made his presence felt the other night. Ocean Cunningham, who they brought on to live wire as well. So I, I think, you know, oftentimes, Damien, in a replay, um, one team runs away with it. Yeah, I, I I don't see that happening this week. I really don't. I can't see which side it's going to be to run away with this game. I think last weekend before the game, the closer we got the throw in, the more confident I was that Crushlaw were going to win the game. I was thinking Crushlaw was going to win this game by five or six points when by the time the ball was thrown in. I think I said that to you, or I definitely said it to someone in the press box. Um, and I, I I thought I was right after fifteen minutes, but I was completely wrong. And again, underestimating Kingscourt. I thought the crucial score in the game. Well, actually, one comment before I say that, I, I I made a note that it was it was noticeable that Kingscourt were running at Crushlaw. I had that in my notes. It, there was one one time in particular where Barry Tully got the ball, and he sort of looked up and he thought about passing, and it was like something clicked with him, and he cut inside and he ran straight at them. And I I just thought that's something that's been drilled into these lads because it, it it wasn't his natural inclination at the time was to lay off the ball. But then he thought, oh no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually turn and run. And he made great ground uh, at the time. And it was interesting then when, when I, I listened afterwards to your interview with David Lennon, he, he made that point that we're going to run at, we're, we're coming here to run at Crushlaw. We're going to go for them. We're going to try and create goal chances. Um, so I think that was part of Kingscourt's plan. They were going to really, really go for it. They weren't going to be passive. They were going to be aggressive. They were going to carry ball and test that Crushlaw defence. I mean, it worked for them in the second half in a big way. It did. It definitely did. But like like Crushlaw's second half collapse, Kings Court can't allow the first fifteen minutes or sixteen minutes of a game to go with only scoring one point. You know, I think it was the eighteenth minute before they scored their second point. And that's that's something that again the Kings Court management have to look at because I'd imagine if Crushlaw get get six, seven, eight points in front this Saturday night again that they'll have they'll have a better idea that okay well let's manage this situation let's 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 figure out how to nullify the the opportunities for 
Kings Court and, and we just we'll weather their storm without letting them score. And that's something that, that David Lennon will I'm sure be aiming at that if Kings Court can come out of the traps, get ahead of Crusher early on, you know, will will there then be a need for such a, a late rally or a or a, a second half rally from them and can they then conserve the energy to finish a wee bit stronger? Like Crusher finished the final ten minutes, they had four points to um to Kings Court's two in the final final ten minutes of play. So you'd you'd have to say Crushlaw finished the stronger after starting the stronger. So it's it all these little things you learn after the game and and while some of them may be repeat offenders, it's still something that that each side are going to identify to to work on in the next day. Um looking looking at, at some of the um some of the key matchups that that went on during the game. I I have to say I really enjoyed the battle between Stephen Smith and Philip Tinley. I thought it was um, I thought both players probably came away with credit from it, but Philip Tinley for me just edged it. How did you see that one? Yeah, I, I probably tend to agree with you, I suppose, because um, Stephen Smith can offer so much in attack, and he 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 did he played a good game, but he didn't have a you know for the most part I think. If Tinley had have kept Stephen Smith quiet, you were, it, Philip was going to have have uh, edged that battle, and he did. I think, like even though Tinley handled a lot of ball, don't get me wrong, and he was very industrious around the field, but he, he like Stephen got forward for one lovely point of his left foot, which was just effortless. Um, but yeah, I thought maybe it was advantage crush it all on that or advantage Kingscourt on that matchup. Um, the, the one what I was going to ask you about. Can you tell me who was picking up Bar- Barry Riley on the crush last side? I don't have a note of that. Um, I, I, I thought at one stage it looked like it was Patrick Riley coming out onto him. And then then at another stage I thought it was Conor Rehill. So I, I think, I, I, I genuinely think there was a bit of fluidity to the way that crush law were, were even doing their matchups. Because there were certain matchups that I thought were, were, were fairly obvious. Um, I thought... Um, that for but for Crusher Law, it didn't seem like they were that obvious. Like, I, I'm nearly sure John Cook was on Key and Shackleton the whole way through it, but again, I'm, I'm just trying to think of that absolute individual battles and 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 times that that it was won. Like, I remember John Cook coming out winning a few balls out in front, but th- the matchups were actually very, very hard to uh to pinpoint, such was the pace in the game and, yeah. and the way that both teams were playing. It you know, usually. Usually, you get a moment to look at matchups where a team is retaining possession in the middle toward of the field. They're going over and back, and and you're kind of saying, okay, well, there's clearly who's marking that man, and there's clearly who's marking that man. But there wasn't sustained periods by either yeah. side that they were that they were going across the field with possession. They were both going at each other all the time, so it was very hard to analyze um, in in real time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Next week we're going to have to just sit the managers down after the game and say, "Listen, lads, we've we've a pile of podcasts to do here. We need to know who was marking who." But uh, yeah, like at one stage, the time Adrian Smith got the goal on on Alan Clark, that was a bad match for Kingscourt in that exact play because um, Adrian Smith just had a little bit too nimble for Alan Clark there. I I think. He was just nippy. His first touch for the goal was excellent, where he managed to pound the ball out in front of himself. That gave him the room to turn, and what a finish! And like, it was a big boost I'd say for Crusher that he was fit to start because when he went he was playing brilliantly against Castleham, went off and it looked like a bad injury that he mightn't be fit to to play a week later. But um 
it's going to be interesting. The two players I think that that Crush Law need to get much tighter on are Peter Corrigan and Barry Riley, because Barry had the freedom of Breffney there for long spells. He was stroking ball around. He was he was kicking points. I th- I thought they needed to get way way tighter on on Barry, like because along with Faulkner, he he kept Kingsford in the game at crucial stages. And the other was Corrigan, who had a tour de force game in the middle of the field, up and down the field all day, and was running at them. Again, running at them. Corrigan did it. And I, I didn't even mention earlier Faulkner. So the first three times Faulkner got the ball, he went straight for goal, no matter where he was in the field. Yeah. And he got done for overcarrying a few times. Uh, and then he had that that um, penalty shout as well. So like that that was definitely a tactic of Kingscourt's, that they were mm. going to run at the crush law defence at every opportunity. And actually... The, the free count would actually add would add to that idea. So Kings Court awarded seven frees. Generally, if you if you run out of player, if you decide you're going to take on your man, and and everybody makes that decision consciously, you're going to win more frees because the law of averages are they're either going to let you buy or they're going to foul you. That's generally the options that are in place because. The, the level of tackling is very, very difficult to to execute that perfectly when so many times a player is running at you. So that that would all indicate that it it was a clear plan of King's Course to to take on their man as soon as they got possession of the ball. And 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 when you look at it, like said John Oates done it coming out from the half back line, Shane Duffy on the other side, and Barry Tully, Philip Tinley. You're right, you're right on that. A lot of players decided, right, well, I'm going to take on my man. At every opportunity here, so it's you know this is I I I tipped Kingscourt on last week's podcast and later on on the diehard service um we'll be going through our our predictions for the four games from the weekend but as the game got closer I was kind of edging towards Jeepers maybe Crush Law actually because I was saying it was such as you said a it was a petri dish of of a, of a of a stadium at that time. It, it couldn't have been more perfect conditions for a, a test. And therefore you're kind of going, you know, the, the, the athleticism, the skill level of this Crush Law team, we know how good they are. This is all set up maybe for, for Crush Law. But um, I have to say, there's it's going to be near on impossible to call a winner this weekend. We, we, we'll have to, obviously later on in the week when we're doing our predictions on the Die Hard service. But, these sides are very well drilled. These sides are at the best that they've been. And I think I'm right in saying, I am right in saying that both sides, like we've seen in the junior final, um, both sides are undefeated in this year's championship. So mm. it's great to see the system actually working, that we have we have the best the, the best teams, the undefeated teams, making it through to the latter end of the of the championship, making it through to the final. The only team that has met a county final that didn't go undefeated this year was Balagna. Balagna. And and someone made an interesting point. That's an interesting one about Balagna. Someone else made an interesting point that if if Dan are to win and Crushala are to win, the the three championships will all be in three neighbouring clubs. So for for the diehards podcast, I must have a look back now through the road of honor and see when was the last time that happened because that's an interesting one. When you, yeah. when you just thinking back, we say last year, like you had you had Casarahan um, winning the senior Lara. Uh, Lara, so straight off they weren't they weren't neighbors. In in, in twenty eighteen, you had Casarahan win the senior Mullahorn, so they weren't neighbors. Twenty seventeen, you had Cavan Gales. Um, Kevin Gales and who won 2070? Bally Hayes, was it? Bally McHugh won the junior. 
Um, yeah, so, so, there, so there's yeah, no so, neighbours there. So yeah. it, it'd be rare. So, but anyway, it hasn't happened yet, and it mightn't happen. But it'd be an interesting one if it does. And it, that's the thing about our podcast, Damien. We we call these things in advance. Now, if they don't come out, everyone forgets anyway. Yeah, which is the lucky thing about <laughs> it. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. We'll move on, Paul, to the proactive risk control team of the week. Um, and we've uh, quite a few nominations considering there was only four games. But um, we'll start off in goals and, and not an easy one to pick this week. The goals this week was very difficult. You had obviously we had four matches, um, so we we had eight goalkeepers to choose from, and no goalkeeper played poorly. And I didn't think any goalkeeper. I thought they all played did pretty well, and I didn't think any goalkeeper uh, played absolutely out of their skin because it's just the way the games fell. For goalkeeper to play out of their skin, they're going to have to be doing unbelievably well in their kickouts and maybe make a couple of saves. So it's a it's a tough one, Damien, to pick a keeper this week. We, we hold our hands up on it. Yeah, but I, I think I think what we might do is we'll go with the only man who kept the clean sheet. That was Mark Fagan from Den. Um, all the rest of the goalkeepers have said I think they they put in good enough performances, but when when you get a clean sheet and and the rest didn't, maybe it just gives you a slight edge. Well, actually, the two men in the intermediate, I'm just thinking kept clean sheets, but uh, oh, that's right. Uh, I think I think Mark Fagan maybe is a good shout though because uh, he did have a little bit to do. Uh, so I think Mark Fagan he could end the Brady didn't have a huge amount of saves to make but he was very solid in the intermediate but I think Fagan's a good call I'll go with you on that OK we'll give it, we'll give it to Mark Fagan uh, moving into the full back line so the nominations here that come in were Evan Finnegan from Balagna David Shalvey from Crushalot Declan Nulty from Knockbride Mossy Core from then um, Killian the Sweeper McBride is what it came in as uh, from Balagna and Cahaletti from Butler's Bridge um, few good performances here. I was very impressed with how Mossy Core dealt with uh, Quivian McGovern, who had been lighting up the championship uh, to date. Um, I thought Declan Ulti was excellent for for Knockbride. The amount of balls he just come out in front, fifty fifty balls, and he had the the ability to just drive on through, gather possession. Um, Evan Finnegan was impressive against Quivian O'Reilly. Like I know he was helped by Killian McBride, who I thought. I thought the movement of Killian McBride on um, in as the sweeper was the turning point in the Balanya Butler's Bridge game, and I thought that was a huge performance. Kyle Leddy thought was stood stood up admirably for for Butler's Bridge in a difficult situation. David Shalvey got a crucial point for Chris Law at the end. A lot of good performers there. A lot of very good performers. I, I thought Evan Finnegan um, was outstanding because. Oh, I didn't realise that Patrick Carroll had been carrying an injury into the game, so there was always a chance that, that he was going to go off early. Uh, I, I didn't realise that, because I actually thought that, that Balanya looked unsettled when he went off. But Evan Finnegan had to switch on to a, to a tough man-marking job then. And even Cormac Timoney highlighted it after the game that you wouldn't have thought of Evan as a man-marker before the last year or two, but he's, 
he has brought that into his game and he can also play an attacking role as well. So I thought he was great. Um, Killian McBride was, thought was excellent. Look, he's a senior championship winning captain. So like yeah. to have a player like that to bring on, I know he, he picked up an injury mid-championship, only for that, he, uh, and he probably got it hard to get back into the starting side when he came back from injury, but uh, he can be very happy with his performance. Um, Mossy Core, what can you say to him in? Um, he just eats up young forwards for breakfast. He's absolute. He's an absolute monster. Absolutely mm. rock solid fullback and a, a, a huge figure for Dan. So look, there's good performances there throughout throughout the the fullback line. I thought Shalvi again when that ball was worked out into Shalvi's hands uh, near the end, even though the pressure was on, you could just write down write it down that that was going over because uh, he's uh, must hot up now before the replay of what he has scored in this championship, but. He's definitely into, well into double figures for a cornerback, which is serious going. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know what? While we do love scorers um, from the full back line, and, and David Shelby has nearly um, owned the number four jersey on the team of the week more often than not. But I, I think we'll go with we'll go with out and out defenders this week. We'll we'll go for Evan Finnegan. Um, do you know it's splitting hairs between Declan Nulty and Mossy Core for me, and I think Killian McBride at four. So I let you, I let you choose between Declan Nulty and, and Mossy Core. Uh, I, I think maybe Nulty gets the nod, Damien, for the simple reason it's going to give a bit more balance on team of the week because there's going to be more Den men getting in out the field, I'd imagine, yeah. uh, and and Mossy will get another crack at it next week. So maybe yeah. De- Declan, Declan should get in there, but no, it's no reflection on Mossy. They're both very good. Yeah, Mossy has loads of years left in him anyway, so we wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it. Loads of years. Um, right, so the full-back line on the proactive risk control team of the week is Evan Finnegan from Balanya, Declan Nulty from Knockbride, and Killian McBride from Balanya. And the half-back line, the nominations were Oren Duffy from Templeport, Keen Boylan from Crushlaw, Cormac Timoney from Balanya, Benjamin Kelly from Templeport, John Oates from Kingscourt Stars, and James Brady from Den. A lot of good performers there as well. A lot of good ballers. Ah, serious, serious. Like, we were talking on the Die Hard podcast yesterday about how that 2017 All-Ireland minor uh, semi-finals team, that Cavan team that lost to Kerry and David Clifford, how they were all starting to mature into, into really quality senior players now. And I think one of them one of them comes in for special players this week is Cormac Timoney. Like, it's it's hard to believe that that he actually was a contender for man of the match. Uh, and, and you had a player who scored 12 points in Nile McDermott and yet people were still saying yeah well Timoney you know whenever you asked anyone in the press box who's the man of the match okay McDermott was the first name they were saying but a lot of people were saying yeah but Timoney was very good too so yeah. that'll, that'll tell you how well he played his fielding his his point scoring uh, his general defending and his attacking I thought Timoney was, was just fantastic I thought also uh, you know how many you you read through the programs and you have the pen picks and and there's always the the normal bit of comedy uh, mixed in with with a little bit of seriousness. But Cormac Timoney, toughest opponent, David Clifford, and it actually is the toughest ever opponent. And yet he can say, "Well, I can measure myself against David Clifford." You know, that's that's the level that Cormac Timoney can look to, and uh, and and you know he played like a player that has. That, that probably went on to David Clifford thinking, you know what, I'm going to do a job on you, you know. So it was a, a phenomenal display by, by Timoney. I thought Benjamin Kelly, while he didn't always play at centre-back in the game, had a, had a very good game. Um, John Oates and James Brady, two young players that are very exciting because they're so comfortable on the ball. They seem to make the right decisions more often than not. They're, they're willing to go forward, and yet they're never found wanting too much 
in their defensive duties either. Kean Boylan, like we talk about backs that get scores, he got a he got a goal in a county final. Like it's hard to hard to argue with that. And I thought Oren Duffy's general play was was absolutely brilliant for Templeport. Like he he he's basically very strong, but yet covers a lot of ground, reads the game very well, and and, and sets up attack after attack for Templeport. So. Um, I'm going to propose Oren Duffy, Cormac Timoney, and Kean Boylan for the half back line. I tell you, it's not a bad half back line. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Right, middle of the field, a lot of nominations come in here. Um, so we'll go through them. There was seven for the two positions Owen Martin from Templeport, Park Faulkner, Kingscourt, Mark Stewart, and James Smith, both Crushlaw, Park O'Reilly, Balanya, uh, Ushin Kiernan, Den, and Peter Corrigan, Kingscourt. Um, like a lot of good performances there. I thought Oshin Kieran was excellent for Den in the middle of the field. Covers ground. Uh, he he can play a physical game when needs, but he knows where the line is now, and that's that's an important part of his game. I thought Peter Corrigan, he he was in contention for man of the match for me in the senior final. Um, I thought I, I thought James Smith would have been there or thereabouts too, simply because. Right, he started brilliantly. I thought James Smith started the game was excellent, and then he finished really good. And in between, he done a lot of little things, nothing spectacular, not the usual stuff that you you associate James Smith with. You know, four or five marks in the middle of the field or, or the driving runs forward, but he done a lot of nice little simple things in the middle middle uh, part of that game. And then at the end, he stepped up. So, Mark Stewart obviously with the point, Parik Faulkner. Park Faulkner for me, I'll, I'll state it now. Park Faulkner's nailed on here. Um, I thought Owen Martin as well, a, a good game. But for me, Park Faulkner's a definite. Um, we'll let you go for the other one. <clears throat> yeah, you, you couldn't go past Park Faulkner, Damien. Anyway, straight up, yeah. Faulkner, Faulkner has that jersey. Um, I thought Owen Martin had one of his best games I've seen him having for Temple Port, particularly in the first half. I thought he was, he was outstanding. But it, it just goes to show uh, how... How good that senior final was that all four uh, midfielders came in for a nomination. Yeah. Like that's so unusual to get that. And it goes to show how tight it was as well that four players in direct opposition for long spells of the game were, were all in, in contention for team of the week. And Oshin Kieran from then, another man who, again, on that 2017 uh, minor side. So another player that has come through from it and he's serious power in the middle of the field. I can't spit them, Damien. I'm going to have to defer to you again. Um. Do you know, I think we'll go with James Smith for the simple reason that it's senior championship final at the top, top level. And I, I think he probably just edged ahead of Peter Corrigan and Mark Stewart. So we'll go Park Faulkner and James Smith. Yeah, that's that would be a good county midfield. It would, it would. There'd be goals in that one. Although Smith still hasn't scored a goal for you. Uh, he'll get one. He will, I'm sure. You keep the faith there. We go on to the half forward line. So... Um, there's only four nominations in here. It was Philip Tinley from Kings Court, Barry Riley from Kings Court, Dylan Raythorn from Templeport, and Cavell Kyogen from Den. Um, a lot of good performances there. Cavell Kyogen finished with was it six points, five six points. Very good performance, I thought by by him. Dylan Raythorn, while not always in the half forward line, I thought he had a really really good game. I thought he was very very hard to handle. Um, good. Good clean catches in the middle of the field, good driving runs, good tackling back as well. Philip Tinley, I thought was excellent. Barry Riley is Barry Riley, let's say no more. 
Yeah, the, the only one I think there that, that's going to miss out, Damien, is Cavell Kyogen because uh, just from the nature of the game, it was a one-sided game. So his five points are a little bit diminished by by that because they won by 15. So I think Cavell could be the man to miss out there. But the other three fellas were, were all, the odd four fellas were, that, that came in for a nomination were uh, outstanding. And there was probably others out there that nobody nominated that played well that probably... Probably um, we might have might have slipped our mind, but I think that's a good half hour line. Um, and yeah. so, so leave Cavell off it, and bring the other three lads have got to fill those three jerseys. Yeah, Cavell is a junior final this weekend. He he's another chance to get on it. So Philip Tinley, Barry Riley, and Dylan Raythorn make up the half forward line, and then in the full forward line, six nominations for the three positions: Thomas Edward Donahue from Den, Adrian Smith from Crushalaw, Patrick Lynch from Crushalaw, Niall McDermott from Balanya, Owen McCaffrey from Templeport, and Sean Burns from Knockbright. Straight off the hatch, Niall McDermott is uh, is in at full forward. There, there's no arguing here. No arguing, no. And we'll, we'll be talking about that game at length on the on the Diehards podcast later on in the week. McDermott, 12 points in the county final. You can't argue with it. I, I can't remember the last time any player scored anything like that in the county final. Barry Doyle got 10 in the junior final in about 2016 for Corner Fane. Uh, I don't remember a player putting up 12. That's one for the historians out there, but it, it'll be unusual. Uh, so, like, extraordinary scoring. By by Niall McDermott, absolutely class performance. Um, yeah, yeah. There was there was Thomas there was, Edward Dunne who finishing with one seven. That's a hell of a score in in a senior or in a junior semi final. Yeah, and he they took him off with maybe five minutes to go, and they could have he could have have added more to his total. Like he's been putting up huge scores. Missed a game or two uh, towards the end of the group with, with injury, but I must tot up his scores now as well before we. Before we preview the junior final, because he's put up. You're going, to, score. you're going to be busy this week, Paul. Yeah, well, a lot of homework to do. I'm about to buy the calculator. Uh, <laughs> put, put, put Ted in there as well, Damien, for definite. I think so. I think so. And I think the last one we'll go with is Templeport corner forward Owen McCaffrey. I thought he had an excellent game on the inside line. He's very direct. Um, you know, low center of gravity, but extremely skillful. His footwork is. Phenomenal. He finished with five points to his name um, in a very, very close game. You know, it, it was it was tit for tat. Take Owen McCaffrey out of that Templeport side, particularly after them losing Liam Galligan. I thought he stepped up and and and, and took the leadership role. Um, so look at it, that. That was massive. Templeport would not have won that game only for Owen McCaffrey. So I think the full forward line we go with is Thomas Edward Donahue, Niall McDermott, and Owen McCaffrey from Templeport. Agreed. Yeah, go for it. So the proactive risk control team of the week for this week is Mark Fagan from Den and Goals, a full back line of Evan Finnegan, uh, Declan Nulty, sorry, Evan Finnegan, Balanya, Declan Nulty, McBride, and Killian McBride, Balanya. Half back line of Oren Duffy from Templeport, Cormac Timoney from Balanya, and Kean Boylan from Crushalaw. In the middle of the field, it's Park Faulkner from Kingscourt Stars and Crushalaw's James Smith. Half forward line of Philip Tinley, Kingscourt Stars, Barry Riley, Kingscourt Stars, and Dylan Raythorn, Templeport. And a full forward line of Thomas Edward Donahue from Den, Niall McDermott from Balanya, and Owen McCaffrey from Templeport. So, folks, don't forget to get in contact with us. Let us know your nominations, who you think out of those players should be our proactive risk control player of the week. We'll be announcing that on the podcast. 
tomorrow evening or Thursday morning. Not 100% sure which way we're, we're flying through. But don't forget, if you haven't got enough on Cavan GA, head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. For this week, we'll be looking back over all of the games in the Cullyscraft Bakery Junior Championship semi-finals, the Hotel Kilmer Intermediate final. We'll be looking ahead to the Senior Championship final replay between Kingscourt and Crusoe We'll also be looking ahead to the Cullyscraft Bakery Junior Championship final between Den and Templeport. And we'll be going through our predictions from last week, going through our last man standing competition. And we have a ladies podcast stuck in there as well. So plenty, plenty over there on Die Hard's uh, podcast that's on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. Paul, thanks a million for joining us and thanks everybody for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavan, yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe and it's over the lap and Yes. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having. Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan. Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! Hurrah, yeah! <laughs>